blessed. Glad this morning to be walking hand in hand with Jesus. Glad this morning that I'm converted and sanctified. Sure is good to be at camp meeting today. I've really enjoyed it. The, the preaching's been good. And the altar services have been outstanding. Uh, seems like, you know, we, we get these altar services. I was thinking earlier this week. It's kind of a time of recommitting for all of us, too. You know, it strengthens us. Uh, it strengthens the ties that we have with the Lord. We Remember back when we first sought the Lord, when we were lost, and how what the Lord did for us? It just makes us feel like we get kind of sanctified all over again. Or something. It just feels good again. And I'm thankful for the ones that's been seeking the Lord and the ones that are seeking the Lord still. I wanted to... Uh, read this morning. Uh, Brother Jimmy was right on my topic this morning. I believe the same spirit that uh, led him to those scriptures led me to these scriptures. And I wanted to, I wanted to, I'm going to tell part of it for sake of time, but my mind has been mentioned already here in this camp meeting uh, about how the Lord has led the people, of his people, the children of Israel, how he led them so wonderfully and uh, he brought them into the land that he had promised that he would bring them into. Right. He established them. Yeah. He gave them everything that they needed yes, to did. be a success. Yeah. And after they had been settled for a few years, they wanted to build a permanent place where they could go and worship the Lord God. Right. They had been worshiping, worshiping him on altars. They had worshiped him in the, uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness, which was a temporary place of worship. But they wanted to build some place that would be permanent, where they could go and worship the Lord, their God. David wanted to build it, but the Lord said, No, you've been a man of war. You shed a lot of blood. I don't want you to build it. But David did it. He was instrumental in it. He was getting the materials together and was working with the plans and things. But he said, Your son Solomon is going to build the temple. He's clean. And he's going to build the temple for the Lord God. Well, you know the story how that Solomon gathered the best workmen that they had? Yes. And they built a magnificent temple. And as I began to study a little bit about the temple, it truly was magnificent. I didn't realize how big it was and how wonderful and how well it was constructed. And uh, the archaeologists that had found pieces said they couldn't believe how close the joints fitted together. And there was no hammer that sounded when the temple was put together. And they built it. It was beautiful. And it was a central place where they could all come. They could all look toward that place and they could all worship the Lord their God. And in the dedication service, I'll just read a couple of verses here. Solomon got down. They built a special place for him near, the, near this altar on a scaffold. And he got down on his knees and he spread his arms towards heaven. And he began to pray. And part of his prayer, he said, Hearken therefore unto the supplication of thy servants and of thy people Israel, which they shall make towards this place. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, yes. even from heaven, yes. and when thou hearest, forgive. Yes. Forgive them. He begins, the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw, they saw these things happening before their eyes, how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped, and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good. For his right. mercy endureth forever. Right. Solomon yeah. led the people right. God came to him twice and asked him what he would, what would you have me give you, Solomon? The first time, he asked for wisdom. And the second time, the Lord came to him, and I believe that time he said that, uh, let me see if I can read just a couple verses here. He told him that as long as Solomon was serving, 
that the Lord would bless him, the Lord would help him, the Lord would prosper him, the Lord would give him what he needed. But he said, if you turn your back on me, you'll go downhill. You will fall. You will fall. And he said, the people's the same way. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them. And this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. A warning. A warning. It's a warning to us today. Solomon pointed the people in the right direction. Solomon passed on. Many kings followed Solomon. Some led the people in the paths of truth, in the paths of righteousness. And then there were some that did despicably. They turned and began to serve other gods. They began to serve Baal. They left, they let the temple go down. They didn't worry about what was happening with the people. They were more concerned with the, the, their own greed and their own pleasure. And they let the people just go downhill. Hezekiah was one of the good kings. I love Hezekiah. Uh, just two verses, and this, this is the way I, I think we'd all like to be remembered. It says, And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah, and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began, in the service of the house of God, and in the law, and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and prospered. That's what will happen if you'll turn your heart and serve the Lord. That's right. Just a king or two later, Manasseh. It said, this is one of the, the evil ones. It says, Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err, to go the wrong way, and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. He caused his people to do worse than the people that God had thrown out so they could have this land. Right. Wickedness. That's right. It came down. I'm in the last chapter of Second Chronicles. It came down to a king whose name was Zedekiah. It says Zedekiah was a young man. He was 21 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 11 years, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet speaking from the mouth of the Lord. And I tell you what, you read in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah didn't pull a punch. He said everything that God told him to say. And I tell you what, he told them that they were a backsliding people. They needed to turn. They needed to change their ways. They needed to get down and repent before the Lord their God. It was time to make a change in their life. And it says that, let me just read it here. This is talking about Zedekiah. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people transgressed very much after the abominations of the heathen. That's right. They were becoming like the nations That's around right. them, just blending in with the other nations. Yeah. And polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. That's right. yeah. The place that had once been so sacred to them, the place that had been so special to them, yeah. was now desecrated. That's right. It meant, didn't mean anything That's to right. them. They had lost the love of it. 
And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. God loved those people. Even though they were in a wicked and sinful state, God loved them. He wanted them to turn around and to repent. And as Brother Jimmy has already said, he sent prophet after prophet after prophet that was preaching hard to them. I mean, telling them the way that they had to straighten up if they wanted to serve the Lord God. And it says that they mocked the messengers of God. That's right. And despised his words. And misused his prophets. They were going to kill Jeremiah. And some princes stopped him. Until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Yeah, Lord help. Yeah, that's a sad state of affairs. That's right. To get in. No remedy. This had to grieve the heart of God when his people were gone away backwards in serving him. It says, therefore, God will not tolerate sin. God will not tolerate sin. Therefore, he brought upon them the king of the Chaldees, who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion upon young man or maiden old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all That's into right. his hand. Yeah. The Lord yeah. turned them over That's right. to the enemy mm-hmm. and let the enemy do with them as he would. That's right. It says, And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, all those wonderful things that the artificers had made to go and be special, holy vessels in the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and his princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God. They burnt the house of God. Solomon's temple lay waste. And broke down the wall of Jerusalem. Broke down the defenses. And burnt all the palaces thereof with fire. And destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. Sad state of affairs. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon. Where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. As Brother Jimmy said, for 70 years they were in captivity. That's right. You think about a nation that had once been so strong serving the Lord, and when they forsook the Lord God, they lost it all. That's right. Their bodies were they were servants. That's right. The things that had been so sacred to them laid in a heap. The walls of Jerusalem, the gates yeah, burned. That's right. The temple destroyed. That's yeah, right. Down to rubble. It had to sadden their hearts. It had to. The ones that escaped death. I thought, you know, sometimes in our lives today, I believe these Scriptures are recorded for us to benefit from. That's right. From. That's right. And today, if we forsake the Lord God, that's right. we will go down that's right. just like they did. That's right. Just as they did. I tell you what, God had sent messenger after messenger and preacher and teacher to, to get their attention, to cause them to wake up, to cause them to realize they were lost. That's right. 
and they would not heed. That's true. That's right. I wonder now if God had their attention. Sometimes it seems like we have to go to great extremes for God to reason with people. He can still do it. He can still do it. I tell you what, I want to be willing and obedient. That's right. I don't want to have to take these things. You know, I don't want to be obstinate and have the Lord have to wake me up in this manner. Terrible things to happen. But I tell you what, if you read in Jeremiah and different places the prophecies, even though these terrible things were happening, God still loved those people. God wanted those people to serve Him. He wanted those people to come back to Him. He wanted those people to return to Him. And before He ever sent, let the Chaldees come in and take over, He already knew what He was going to do. He already knew that He was going to make a way that they would someday return to Jerusalem. And they would again build that temple. And the book of Ezra... It says now the first, and this, the Lord works in mysterious ways. He really does. Uh, sometimes He can work through people that just amaze you. You know, you just don't believe how the Lord can make things happen. And He began to work through an enemy king. It says now, and He was a humane king, as history tells us, but He was of the uh, Persians, I believe. It says now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver, and with gold, and with goods, and with beasts, besides the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. It says, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, of the priests and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised up to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. God was beginning to work. He was beginning to move. The hearts of the people weren't totally right, but God was beginning to work with those people. He was beginning to work a plan so that they could return back to the land of their fathers. And I'll tell you what, the Lord has a plan for you today. If you're lost, He has a plan where you can return, you can serve Him with a whole heart. The plan has been worked out. And it's up to you to just understand the plan and get into it. They went back. This is this is a long, some long chapters. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about them. It says, and all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, and with beasts, and with precious things, besides all that was willingly offered. That's right. And they went back and they began to. Uh, do the sacrifices and the things that God had told their fathers to do. Mm-hmm. They began to do the things to get back, to head back towards God. Right. And I'll tell right. you what, today it's the same way. When you begin to purpose in your heart 
that you want to get back to God, that's right. I believe that you start cleaning yourself up. That's right. I believe you start doing things, you start bringing forth fruits meat for repentance. You begin to, to lay aside things that you know that don't please the Lord. You start putting those things aside. And you start looking towards His will and what He wants you to do. And you lay aside these sinful things. And that's what they began to do. You know, these people had been in captivity for 70 years. The people that had been born in captivity didn't understand really the Word of God. There were some of the old men that, that remembered, but a lot of the young ones, they had no concept. They had, they had never understood. They'd never been in the temple. They didn't understand the magnificence. They might have been told about it, but they didn't know for themselves. So there was a lot of training and teaching that had to, to go on here. I thought this was interesting. This is uh, in the third chapter of Ezra. It says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets. Kind of a groundbreaking, I guess. And the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because He is good for His mercy endureth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. That's right. They began to realize that God was working in the midst of it. It says, But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men. They had seen the glory before. They had seen the first house. When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. And many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. It's a beautiful thing when the Lord begins to work with somebody whose heart is moving towards Him. It's a precious thing. And we want to tell you this morning, if the Lord is working in your life, if the Lord has been speaking to you at this camp meeting, and we know that's the way the Lord works. We all went through the process. The Lord began to reason with us and to talk to us and to cause us to realize that we were lost and that we needed His forgiveness and we needed His Spirit. That's the way the Lord works. You know, I thought everybody could see it. I thought everybody could see me under conviction. And, but people didn't really see it at first. But the Lord was just real quietly yes. reasoning with me, talking with me. Uh -huh. And cause, you know, and He was very patient with me. Uh, I don't know, maybe I don't know, the Lord works in different ways with different people. But He was very patient with me and worked with me and reasoned with me, as Isaiah said. Just like a father would. And very loving. We're serving a good God this morning. We're serving a merciful God this morning. And he wants every one of us to serve Him and be sanctified. In the next couple chapters, it talks about how the enemy got stirred up too. They started building the temple back up. And the enemy started moving in. Started writing letters. Started trying to hinder the word. Stirring up some of the people of that around that area, began to oppose them and try to stop the work that was going on. The book of Nehemiah, it says that uh, the workers with Nehemiah had to strap swords on their sides and had to work with swords and, and the tools in one hand, the swords in the other hand. And sometimes only half of them could work, half of them stood with the weapons, stood watch. But the work continued on. And I'll tell you what, today, if the Lord begins working with you, I can assure you of one thing, 
the enemy's going to be stirred up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I can tell you with surety, the enemy is going to be stirred up. And the enemy will try to stop you. If you're moved towards the Lord, he's going to try to hinder it. He's going to try to stop it. That's what he's going to do. That's right. But let me tell you, keep pressing on. That's right. Keep pressing on. Press towards God. Sometimes we have to work a little bit. We have to press to get into the kingdom of heaven. But let me tell you, it's worth it. Press. Do whatever it takes. If they have to get rid of some pride, do it. If you have to lay off something, do it. Do what it takes to find the Lord. This is a matter of life and death. The most important thing you're going to ever do in your life is make a move towards God. Anyway, the work didn't stop, and along came another king who issued a decree that he said, I want you to give those workers whatever they need. Whatever they need, you give it to them. And you just ask for it, it's yours. And uh, just give them like a blank check. And so the work was finished. They finished it. The temple was finished. And uh, it, was, it was, again, a glorious place. A magnificent building. But it wasn't quite the same yet. The Lord was working with a man named Ezra. The Bible don't tell us a whole lot about Ezra, but I believe he was a good man. What it does tell us, it says that Ezra went up from Babylon. So he was a captive too. And he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. And the 10th verse is what I like of the 7th chapter. It says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. He had prepared his heart. Prepared his heart. I tell you what, the Lord can prepare our hearts also. The Lord can prepare our hearts also. You may feel today that you're far away from God. But let me tell you, God can work with you. Yes, He can. God knows how. God knows more about you than you know about yourself. And I've heard people say that they felt like they had just gone so far out in sin that there was no hope for them. I can't possibly find the Lord. I've gone against Him too many years. But let me tell you, our God's merciful. He can work with your heart this morning. Don't think, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that there's no hope. There is hope in the Lord this morning. There is hope. And this is what He was doing in this land at that time. There was new hope in the land. Ezra got over there. Turn over here to Nehemiah. It says, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. These people were starting to get serious. When you get the people together and they desire to hear the word of God and they began to realize they're lost, things are going to start happening. 
And I tell you what, that's what happens here. That's right. That's right. When people come in, the Spirit of the Lord's working with them, and they hear the Word of God preached and taught, and they understand their lost condition, it causes us to want to do something. That's right. That's what moved me, was hearing the Word of God. It says, And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. They wanted to hear the word of God. There comes a time in our life when we get attentive to the word of God. We realize we need it. We realize that this is the only thing that's going to bring us life. They realized they had gone wrong. They had transgressed and they needed to hear the pure word of God. It says, And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for that purpose. It said, it tells the names of the people that stood beside him on the left and the names of the people that stood beside him on the right. Kind of reminded me of our meetings, you know, when our brother's packing us up. It says, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. He wanted to know where it was coming from. For he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen. With lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They were getting serious. It says, And Joshua and some of the other men caused the people to understand the law. They didn't just read it. They wanted them to understand what it meant. They wanted them to understand why it was necessary for them to follow the laws of God. It was what was going to bring them life. If they didn't, it was going to bring them death. It says, and the people stood in their place. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And it says that the people, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the, of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's the same way today. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Goes on down, and they began to get into the to the law. They began to do the things that the law commanded them to do. They began to move closer and closer to God. They began to change their ways. And it says that in the land there was a very great gladness. Much joy. As Jeremiah the prophet had foretold, there was much joy in the land. And it goes on into the next chapters, and it talks about the covenant that they began to make with God. They even signed it. And it says they clave to their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and into an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our, of the Lord, our Lord and His judgments and His statutes. They began to clean up. And in one place over there, it talks about when Ezra, he was confessing the sins of the people. It says he got down his face and he said, Lord, I'm ashamed to even lift up my face to you for the sins of this people.
me just read this right here. It says, And at the evening sacrifice I arose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God, and said, O my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God. We can sort of relate to that today. When we realized we were lost, I was ashamed. I was ashamed. I was sorry for the things that I had done. I didn't feel like I could lift up my face to the Lord. I felt ashamed before God. He says, For our iniquities are increased over our head, and our trespass is grown up into the heaven. Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hands of the kings of the land, to the sword, to captivity, and to a spoil, and to confusion of face, as it is this day. And now for a little space, grace hath been shewed from the Lord our God. If it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God, we wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God, we wouldn't be sanctified today. We wouldn't be holy before God. He says to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail, just a small, in his holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. For we were bondsmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving, a new start, a new chance to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. Ezra did what was right in the sight of God. He taught the people the truth. He got back to the word of God. He got back to the basics and began to teach it and to preach it to them. And when they humbled themselves before God, God forgave them. God forgave them. And I'll tell you, it's the same way today. There's a verse over in Malachi that says, Return unto me, and I will return unto you. Today, there's a lot of people that's living in sin. A lot of people have forsaken the laws of God, gone against the laws of God, and don't seem to even care. Let's don't let that happen to us. Let's listen to the call of God. When God begins to reason with you, begins to talk with you, whether it's in church, whether it's in your bed when you lay down at night, or in your car when you're driving around, or wherever you may be, listen to the words of God. Listen to what He says to you. Don't turn Him aside. Don't let the devil confuse you. Don't let pride hold you back. Don't let things of this world hold you back. You've got to make a start for the Lord. You've got to begin to move back to God and He's waiting right there to help you make it all the way back. He wants you to come back. We have people here today that are seeking the Lord and there are others in our congregation that need to seek the Lord, that need the Lord in their lives. I've been impressed this camp meeting with a number of people that have talked about the Holy Spirit. I've had that on my mind too. I don't know, I was thinking about what Nicodemus when he came, it's already been talked about. When Nicodemus came to the Lord 
And he said, we know you're a teacher come from God because no man can do these things you're doing except God was with him. And Jesus immediately says to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, you must be born again. You must be born again. Jesus knew that Nicodemus and that every one of us in this building here this morning needs the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God every day. We can't make a successful run without it. We can't live holy without it. We've got to have the Spirit of God this morning. We want to open up an invitation to you this morning, those that are lost. We sing a song of invitation. We want to ask anyone that God is working with, that God has been reasoning with, to please not turn him aside, but to come to an altar of prayer, to make an altar between you and God. Get your sins forgiven. Get sanctified. And I can tell you that it will be the best thing that's ever happened in your life. It will be the best thing that you ever did. I'm thankful this morning that I'm sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for what He's done for me. And we want you all to go with us. We're going to sing a song of invitation. We'd ask the congregation to stand. Everyone that will, please come to the altar.